Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast, brought to you by Momentum, the Business Growth Agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we've got another great episode for you. I can't begin to tell you how much fun I'm having right now working with chambers of commerce in different parts of the country. So just for a little perspective, we're recording here today on a Monday afternoon, and already this week I've interacted with chambers in New York, Ohio, New Jersey, Georgia, Florida, Pennsylvania, and as soon as we start today's conversation, Texas. It's unbelievable the perspectives we're able to tap into having access to that wide array of community leaders. And I love being in a position to bring ideas and best practices from one chamber to another in different parts of the country. So we haven't done a podcast episode from Texas yet, so let's get to it. I'm excited today to be joined by Jim Johnson, President and CEO of the Pearland, Texas Chamber of Commerce. Jim was actually referred to me by Jason Camus from the Gardner, Kansas Chamber of Commerce, whose episode three or four episodes ago knocked it out of the park all around the country. So we were actually going back and forth and email and teasing that Jim's got some big numbers to beat with this episode. So let's make it happen, Jim. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Glad you're finally talking to someone in Texas. <laughs> so let me just start by giving everybody a quick formal intro, and then we can get to some conversation. Jim Johnson has worked in the chamber industry for more than 11 years and is currently, as we said, the president and CEO of the Parallel Chamber of Commerce. Jim came from Georgetown, Texas, where he was president and the CEO of the Georgetown Chamber of Commerce. And then prior to the Georgetown, he was president and CEO for the Lufkin Angelina County Chamber of Commerce and the Lufkin Angelina Economic Development Partnership. I go through all that to bring it all the way back full circle because Jim started his career with the chamber as the vice president with the Parallel Chamber. Jim currently serves as faculty for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute for Organizational Management and is on the board of directors for the Western Association of Chamber Executives and is chair-elect for the Texas Chamber of Commerce Executives. So you're in, you love this industry. I do. <laughs> Jim holds a BA in history and a minor in political science from Texas State University. He's received his CCE, a certified chamber executive from the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives and his IOM recognition from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. Jim's married to his wife, Jasmine, and they have one son. So thank you again, Jim, for being here. Glad to be here. Uh, glad to have someone else have to read all that. I feel bad. It just, you know, it, never want to hear yourself and all those things. So, you know, it, it, thanks for reading that over, Craig. Well, all these chamber executives, the bios are so long, but I can't cut anything out because you're, you're plugged into so many things. And I don't really want to, I don't want to put too fine a point on how busy all of our guests are in their real lives, because when you have hundreds or even thousands of companies that you take care of, plus economic development, plus growing your own organization and membership and sponsorship and everything else that comes to their role, I really appreciate you taking some time with us today. So let's, let's just start easy with an intro to the Parallel Chamber of Commerce. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization? Sure. Thanks. Uh, Parallel, Texas is directly south of Houston. So we might say uh, Houston is a suburb of Pearland, uh, but we are directly south of Houston, which currently is the fourth largest city in the United States. I think other parts of the country forget how big the greater Houston metro is. Pearland is a community that's seen fast growth as far back as 2000. Uh, at some points, one of the fastest growing cities uh, in the whole United States with a population a little over 130,000 
right now. It's close proximity to Houston benefits us with medical. Uh, we have a large healthcare segment here going into the Texas Medical Center, but some amazing manufacturing, just a, just a great community here. Uh, it's, it, as you said in my bio, Craig, I came back here. I grew up in this area, got to spend some great times in other parts of the state, but Paralanda region is home for me. And I'm glad to be back in this region. That's excellent that it, that it worked out for you. It's funny you talk about, I love the line that people don't realize how big Houston is. And it keeps something in my brain because I'll tell you exactly when I realized it. The movie Independence Day. Yep. When the aliens come in, they start attacking things. So they go move city to city and all of a sudden they're over Houston. And I remember back in, in my mind, I'm like, was Houston up there with, and I actually looked it up and I'm like, and I'm not making that up. I, I actually looked it up and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize Houston was such a big city. So it's kind of, it's interesting that you, uh, that you said it that way. So what's going on at the chamber? What, what, what are you working on now? What's your focus? Oh, you know, we're, we're busy. I think everybody says it, but I think what I like to highlight Craig is that this past year, we kind of looked at our strategic approach and we've always had a, a great mission of serve business, promote growth. But the pandemic taught us some things, taught us that we are really embedded in our community. So we modified our mission back in November of this previous year to serve business, promote growth, and empower community. And we've really taken a strategic approach to say, what are our efforts in the community? We've always been great with businesses, but how can we truly impact and continue to move the needle as a community as a whole? And you know, it was it was perfect timing because uh, there's a uh, Casey Steinbacher came out with a book uh, late last year from relevant to essential. One of the lines that she quotes in there says, we no longer need to be uh, relevant to business. We need to be essential to our community. And it's worth repeating, not relevant to business, essential to our community. And I was reading this book and we're having the strategic plan. And as normally I'd say, I led them to this new mission, but it came out of our conversation and, and really look how we can partner with organizations that we never would have thought about uh, doing a formalized partnership with, whether they're another chamber or another nonprofit, to really be in that proactive approach in our community. It, it's been exciting. Uh, and we're starting to see where people are noticing those little things that we're diving into. It's, we're not getting away from our mission, but we're looking how we can empower that community. And those are some exciting times here, Craig. That word essential is, is such a huge piece of the puzzle because it's not, you're talking about your outgoing service to the community, but when it, you, you also need to fund it. And right. as you're doing those services and becoming essential to people, that's, that, that's what it's going to take to make sure that you're sustainable. So let me ask you this question in relation to all that is a lot of the chambers that we talk to some of this transition that you're talking about was already happening. The pandemic kind of uh, exposed it and showed the need for it. But a lot of it was saying, look, it can't be just membership and sponsorship and a couple events a year. Where were you in that process when you, when the pandemic hit? Yeah. You know, I'll say I was at a different chamber, but it was the same philosophy yeah. and it, and it's, it's interesting. I think this is a change and I think we will always be, heavy relation on our members and the investments that they give to us and ultimately those sponsorship and, and their engagement with us. But I think it started to realize that during the pandemic, you started doing activities that weren't just for your members. You weren't just trying to provide growth in commerce for the businesses that select few, that third of your business population 
uh, that were members, you were trying to be, again, essential to the entire community. And I, I, the challenge, Craig, is how do you define community? Is it, is it the geographical boundaries of your community? Is it a specific area? Is it a specific segment? And so when we say community, we, 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 we mean Pearland, Texas, but we have South Houston, our borders right there. It means our county, the three counties we touch into. So how can we be essential to however our members define community? And I think it, you know, it starts with the simple things is, do you really know as many of the businesses in town as you think you do? Because you maintain this database of your members and you have your prospects. But what about the business that never going to join you? Great. You still maintain database so that when they need resources like the pandemic, that we can turn around and give those to them. Absolutely. So one thing that I think a lot of people listening to this from other chambers around the country would be interested in knowing is given everything you just said, how do you communicate that to the community? You know, uh, the good part is that this is only five months in, you know, I mean, we still, we new strategic plans started out in January and, and a lot of it's just a listening tour. It's a, I know, I, I, let me back up. I don't say listening tour because that to me means that where you're just, you know, these little groups, uh, we were proactive in sending our entire strategic plan out to every one of our members. So they saw what, what our direction were. It's in our boardroom. It's, it's plastered up there on the top of the wall as we do over a hundred meetings and committees at our building. We want everybody that walks through the door to know what our focus are, but it's, it's as simple as embedding it into our website and giving the training back to our volunteers that they know what we stand for, that it's serve business, promote growth, empower our community. It's simple. Uh, we say it before all of our meetings, so everybody does. Now, I don't expect all of my volunteers to know what every aspect of what that means, but internally and our executive leadership should at least have an idea of what that means when we say we empower community. And the simplest way I usually word it is uh, the phrase uh, rising tides raise all ships or whatever the expression is. And I believe in that phrase, but I also have tweaked it a little bit to say, I don't, my organization does not need to rise at the same level of all of the partners that we partner with. If they rise tenfold and I just do a little bit, that tenfold is probably more likely gonna empower our community at a level that I never could. But guess what? We still rose a little bit and that's a little bit that we would have never rose before. Absolutely. So you said two things that I want to follow up on. One, you're five months into this. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to transition and, and communicate that transition as we talked about. You also said that Pearland is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. How do you do everything you need to do right now? And how do you keep an eye on the, or what steps are you taking to keep an eye on the future? Say that long-term 15-year, 20-year, 30-year plan for the region. Great question. I, I think one of the things that's unique is, well, not unique. One of the, the few things that we really like here is that we do have a, a, a true strategic plan. It's a three-year plan. And it looks at, we're, we're looking three years ahead, but every year has that one program of work. But I think we have to realize that uh, as communities grow, areas that you never thought you needed to be involved in, uh, whether they're a geographical region, like this area is not developed, but guess what? It's going to be developed sometime. And when that happens, are we the chamber that people think of as the, the, the service provider to that area? Is it one of our neighbors to the South, which would be perfectly fine? Or is it a third? And what we probably want to avoid the most, Craig, is, a, is another organization saying, there's a gap there and we need to create a new organization to serve that. And then those resources, as you mentioned, funding earlier, now those big companies that were funding 
X and B chambers. Now I have to fund Z in there. And all three are going to get a little bit less because of that, unless we're being proactive, reaching out into those areas and ensuring we have uh, diverse board members that represent areas and also staff proactively engaging the businesses as they come out uh, in that region. So moving from Paraland to another chamber to another chamber, what what are the are they are they different size chambers? The other two that you yeah, Paraland represents a little less than seven hundred businesses. Lufkin Angelina County Chamber was a rural chamber uh, in East Texas. Uh, it was about eight hundred members, but served a larger population because all the smaller counties came into there. Uh, and then Georgetown, uh, Paraland has been a fast growing community for two decades. Georgetown's been a fast growing community for five to seven years. It was actually the fastest growing city in the United States in 2017. Wow. Uh, so over the whole community uh, with a little over a thousand members. So uh, fast growing suburbs, Lufkin not as fast growing, but different chambers really across the state, kind of the, a triangle if you know the state of Texas, a little bit of a triangle across here. So what 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 are you what did you learn from the rural chamber that you that that maybe in between you left you left Pearland you had some stops in there and, and then you're back what did what did you learn at the other stops that that you were glad to bring back with you when you took the president CEO role? Yeah, great. I love that question. You know, Lufkin. I think Lufkin had a hundred plus was come approaching its hundredth year in industry, and sometimes people don't uh, focus on that. But I, the reason that's important to me is looking at the histories of our industry, a lot of the chambers that were established over a hundred years ago uh, were typically established by larger companies that were already embedded in the community that wanted to lift up the entire business community. Uh, not They might not be selling their products locally, but they wanted to empower and engage that entire community. So when I was in Lufkin, that was the case there. Uh, companies with rich history of investing back into their local area and thus lifting the tides. Again, it's that 10 to one ratio. Those big companies were investing in these smaller companies, insurance bankers that were, were growing at a rapid race, but it was benefiting the entire community. And that taught me that, you know, sometimes you don't have to be the biggest winner. Uh, you, as long as the community's winning, you're going to see that trickle back in uh, to your organization. It taught me that a chamber with a hundred plus years is a respected pioneer in their community. And we have to, we've earned that respect and we have to maintain that uh, to continue to be relevant and essential in our community. So then when I went to Georgetown, Georgetown was fast growing. Uh, they uh, were in that phase of, hey, are we a small town that's gonna run parties, parades and pageants? Are we gonna be a convener of leaders and a champion for our community? And so it was a balance of taking the fast growth I'd seen in Pearland and saying how you make that transition uh, the root core values of the Lufkin community and embedding both of those into a community and, and really watching programs explode because we had shifted just enough. We were maintaining what we had done and then growing on that. End. And then to come back to Pearland and say, I learned this here and that there, come back and take a really maintained good organization and tweak it just a little. Uh, we're seeing the folds of those and really now allows us uh, to focus on that community aspect that we weren't as heavily involved with before. That's excellent. It seems like such great challenges for, as you move from, from each to the other. So let me ask you this. Let, let me, I'm going to switch from the community in the chamber to, to you personally a little bit. What gets you up in the morning in this role? What, what gets you excited about going to work? Coffee. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, I, when I tell people what I love about this industry 
is I believe that we were established and I simplify why we were established. And this is not just my chamber. All chambers were established to help businesses. However you want to define it, serving, I, I, I simplify it to say helping businesses. But what gets me up every day is that the helping businesses can be as simple as a referral or it can be as complex as changing a local ordinance. And everybody says it's something new every day. No, we're always helping businesses. It's just the challenges and how we do it. Uh, that's the reward. And, and it's the complexities of something so simple that that excites me. And it's kept me in it for now shoot, uh, almost 12 years now. It's, it's, it blows my mind. You sound like you're echoing talking points that I've given many, many times about, about chamber value, <laughs> especially back. Yeah. I talk about your transition and, you know, what the pandemic has done to yeah. it. And, and we was, you know, our, our, when I was with the chamber, our big thing was the recession. And that changed the way that companies were looking at their chamber of commerce, what they actually needed from them. So I've had the, the talking points are the same. It's kind of it's kind of fascinating to hear it over and over and over again, something that, that I've been talking about for, for 15 years. So we talked about helping businesses, which I think is a great way to a great way to put it. And we talked about funding. And in the chamber world, there's a lot of great ideas every day. Your board, your members, your staff, uh, everybody's got ideas. But many ideas can't really come to fruition unless they have funding behind them to actually be implemented. So one of the questions we ask here on the podcast is if, as a head of the chamber, leader in the community, if you had a blank check to spend on something in Pearland, what would you spend it on? Oh, I saw that question, Craig, and I, and I thought about some different answers. I, I, I'm going to go with one that, has been an intriguing idea from my colleague, Jason, your soon to be number one podcast. I would, I'd figure out a way to fund where we, we do ribbon cuttings for everybody, not just members. I would love to figure out a way to, 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 and I use ribbon cuttings, but just as an example, I would look at a way to celebrate all businesses that open up in our community. I would look at a way to say that I am not a ribbon cutting organization. But we are going to we we no longer have to sell that portion of what we do, and that we can sell the celebration of these businesses opening up. And as we celebrate those, if they decide to join, great. But we are going to celebrate all what we do. And I and I and I, I for time reasons, I hope I don't go too long in this. Ex- but I I I look I, I look at religious organizations a lot of times and what they do. They celebrate people committing their lives, but they don't make you join right then. They don't make you do that. It's a celebration. Uh, they have loose ways to get you engaged in their programs without it being a religious service on Sunday. And we as an industry, uh, if I could find a way to fund that where we can celebrate, we can engage. And guess what? If you decide to invest, awesome, we'll take it. But we're celebrating you. If you find me that check that allows me to, to continue to do that, and we hope our programs draw them in that way, but if I didn't have to worry about the sales aspect of join and invest and say, we're going to celebrate and engage, man, uh, that's, that's the, that's my money line, Craig. Come me a check for that. I'll take it. Excellent. I understand that completely. Absolutely. Because at some point somebody's going to call you and, and there, there is always this, yes, I've helped you with your one thing now join. Right. No, and I, and I can't, and I, and I, but it, but it's a part of what we do. We right. want, but we, so we have to make the ask and I wish the, ask was less often the 
the sense of urgency to invest without the ask is what I want. And that's that we are, we have, the pandemic has taught us that we are more than ribbon cutting. We are more than these events and these opportunities. We, without chambers, our business communities would not have survived the pandemic. Yet we still have to make that ask way too often. And I wish the, I wish there was the need for the ask, but it, it's, it's a nature of it. If there wasn't a sales thing, we'd, we'd all be a lot richer, I guess. I don't know. More money in the budget. So well, that's right. That's why we asked the blank check question. So yep. but I want to go back a little, just not, not go back, but I want to build off the, what gets you out of bed in the morning. In your bio, we talked about your, your roles and relationships with ACCE and the Texas Chamber Association. Can you talk a little bit about as a very, very busy person, I mean, anybody's listened to the first 15 minutes of this can tell how busy you are. What's the value to you in taking those roles and being parts of those organizations? Purposely, the peer development that I get, the level of training I can get, the relationships I think are are amazing. Second, I'm passionate about this industry. I want to ensure that because we are all independent, we're all doing our own thing at times. There's not one one group saying you have to operate this way. If I can uh, be a part of those conversations to ensure that we think similar, not exactly alike, but if we can all think a little bit more similar, it'll rate, again, if, if these smaller chambers or different chambers that aren't thinking the same way, I'm not saying they have to follow Jim's thought process, but we should be understanding we are here to help businesses. And if I can help others drink the Kool-Aid like I did 12 years ago, Sign me up. But, you know, I, I dove, my predecessor gave me the opportunity to get embedded in those organizations early in my career. And it has been more valuable than anything. So if I can pay it for a little bit, Craig, love the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I get that. I, when I, when I was with the chamber, uh, those, uh, those conferences and things were some of the best times that I spent just being in the room with other people doing same things and realizing that somebody in Buffalo and somebody in, in Houston and somebody in California is all dealing with the same challenge. It was pretty fantastic. And, and those groups do a good job of getting everybody together. You got a hot mic in from in front of you. Is there a, uh, is there a member or two that deserves some special love from the chamber that you want to shout out? I won't pick a specific one, but I'll talk about our lower Kirby area in Paraguay. And I think that is a, it shows when the, the, the private and the public come together to develop an area that now, man, Craig, it, it's employing nearly 2,000 people. It was a, a business development with companies that are uh, large manufacturers. Uh, the largest biomed uh, company in the North America is located there. Um, Pearland uh, made a commitment to be business friendly as far back as a decade. And if I could tell people, sometimes you want to see the, uh, it's like planting a tree. When's the best time to plant a tree? 30 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. So I think that is exciting here in Pearland. But at the same time, I wanted to, all the other people listening, when they're seeing that happen, is it takes a little bit of time for those developments to, to grow. But when they do, your organization, your community will, will reap those benefits greatly. We're cut from the same cloth. I use the... Uh... 30 years ago to plant a tree metaphor all, all the time myself. But it's funny, Craig. It's like I, somebody one time said, well, would it the second time be 29 years and 364 days? And I think it was my 10-year-old son in some way. I'm like, sure, son. That that ruined this Chinese proverb from years ago for me. So When the kids weigh in and start poking yeah. holes in your, in your uh, mantras, yeah. 
So speaking of the Chinese proverb, uh, in your role, you've got to stay on top of things. You've got to stay inspired. Do you have any books or blogs or podcasts or anything you'd, you'd recommend to people? You know, I'm, I mentioned uh, the From Relevant to Essential earlier by Casey Steinbacher. I think that's a great book. I, I think it it's a short read, but it really focuses on, to me, what we need to be looking at as an organization. I love The Advantage by Patrick Lynn Sione, and I might be butchering his last name. It's one of your required readings when you get your CCE, but, you know, from a strategic planning, I think it's one of the better ways to look at the why and the how. And if you just want a, a fun book, I love The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. Uh, he says we're getting way too comfortable as a society from sitting in chairs to working out in air conditioning. So if you want a, a good read and, and really make you think about how we are acting in the last hundred years as a society, Comfort Crisis is the one I, I typically go to. You got me thinking. I mean, I'll no, come, it's a, you know, I mean yeah. Craig, it's a, I mean, whether it makes a podcast or not, that's a, I mean, it's the story of a guy. He tells this whole story of comfort by going on a 45 day elk hunt in Northern Alaska. And, and the, the preparation he did for it from sitting there in silence with no technology for 24 hours a day to, you know, when you think you're cold or think you're hot or think you're hungry, it's, 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 it's one of the best reads I've done in the last, two years. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm thinking of, I was thinking of my son. My son would love that book. So I'm going to start to wrap up here and we really appreciate everything. We, we did rapid fire and we covered a lot. So thank you for, again, for taking some time. People want to learn more about Pearland, more about the chamber. Where's the best place to send them? You know, God bless the World Wide web. Pearlandchamber.org uh, is our website. It uh, includes things that we talked about with events and programs to as simple as we put our mission and strategic priorities on our website so people can find them. And again, uh, my contact information is easily found on there. If anybody ever just wants to chat, I'm here to be of service. If you want to pick my brain on anything else or have an idea, I'm, I'd love to be a resource to my fellow colleagues out there in the chamber industry. I did take a peek at the website and I know I noticed, yeah, it, it is easy to see the, the mission, the vision, all the different pieces of the puzzle. But that's just, it's, it's just a great way to... Uh, announce to the community this is what we're here for so when somebody picks up the phone to call you they know what they're getting yeah there's no managing expectations that's the 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 most important thing we can do if we don't know your expectations and we're not managing them it'll be a lot different call a different conversation 12 months later but if we do it should be a lot easier 12 months later when we we talk about renewal and and those investments our business is making us Absolutely. Well, Jim, thanks again for being here with us. I appreciate you being here. Our listeners appreciate it. I wish you and the chamber lots of success with all the great work you're doing and, and just staying on top of a, of a community that's growing so quickly. I recently followed you on LinkedIn and followed the chamber on LinkedIn, so I can stay, I can stay on top of it too. To our listeners, I hope that your Chamber of Commerce strategy is yielding results for you this year, whether it's for networking, advocacy, or helping to grow the business community in your area. Your Chambers of Commerce continue to need your support, and they're there to help you meet your goals as well. If you're interested in learning how we can help you create a stronger relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most out of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business south of Houston or Pearland and are interested in the market, please check out www.parallelchamber.org and connect with Jim and his team. Thank you again, Jim, for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care.